Welcome to Be Lifted Up. Be Lifted Up with the Successpert, award-winning financial educator, wealth expert, speaker, and author, Alfred Edmund Jr. And your co-host, life coach and author, D. Marshall. It's Be Lifted Up. Be Lifted Up. Hello and welcome to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I am so blessed that you're with us today. Listen, I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. I'm holding it down for my co-host, D.C. Marshall, who's out today, but I'm going to fly solo and try to do her proud. Listen, today we have a great topic when we're talking about faith and finance, because there are a few places where you need more faith and more finance than launching a business. If you're trying to get your business off the ground, or maybe your business is already operating, but you're trying to expand, you're trying to take advantage of new markets, or maybe you had a, a bad sales quarter, and you need financing to get you through. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the faith it takes to be an entrepreneur, uh, the faith that it takes to decide that you're going to start a business, have people relying on you for jobs, providing goods and services. Entrepreneurship is a calling. It's a mission, uh, but it's also a very critical part of creating wealth uh, in every community and certainly in Black communities. But we also want to talk about the financial parts of it. Again, yes, often, in most cases, entrepreneurs are the first source of their financing, but sooner or later, you got to seek other sources of financing to move your business forward and to serve more people and, and to break into new markets. Listen, most of you know me from my long career as an editor, an entrepreneur expert at Black Enterprise. I coach entrepreneurs. I mentor entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are my favorite people. I'm actually a geek about entrepreneurship. So I'm really excited about today's guest. And this issue of being able to find financing for your business is it's a topic that is never out of style. It's never a topic that's not important because all entrepreneurs are always looking for good, smart sources of financing. So today we have a great guest and I'm going to bring him on right now. Elijah McCoy of McCoy Brokerage Services joins us on Be Lifted Up, Your Guide to Living an Abundant Life. Elijah, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you, Alfred, for having me. I appreciate it. So listen, before we jump into you know, the, the nuts and bolts of business financing and just tell, tell me about who you are, uh, what led you to launch your company, um, why you do what you do, what is your why, what is your mission, what is your passion, why, what makes Elijah McCoy tick when it comes to business? What makes me tick is I have a heart and a drive to help people. I love helping people achieve their dreams, reach their goals. Um, that's just my gifts that I receive from God. I, I love helping people. So that's what makes me tick. I help them in the a range of an area of helping them with financing for their business. Whether if you're a first time entrepreneur, a seasoned investor, or someone straight out of college. I love working with the new kids on the block. Take them All to right. school, <laughs> show them the ropes, show them how to get the money they need for their uh, business venture. Well, tell me, I, I, I believe you're, you started this company in 2006, I believe. That's correct. Talk, talk to me about what led, what you were doing before that, what led to you starting this business and what you've experienced um, over the last, you know, now, what, uh, 15 years now. Sir, yes, um, sir. Congratulations. Thank you very much. 15, I going on 16 years. Going so on talk 16. to me about what, what led you down that path and, and to that particular calling on your life to, to sure. start this business. Sure. Actually, it's, it's a different story. I was at the age of 12. Wow. This was placed in my spirit to get involved with commercial financing so that I could A, learn about commercial financing so I can be a blessing and a help to others trying to obtain their goals and their needs. Um, 
earlier on, I used to do IT work. I did that uh, for about a year and a half or so. And then um, in my spirit, I heard it's time to lunch, lunch out in the deep and start. You know, I, I gave you the vision that I heard in my spirit, you know, God gave me the vision at the age of 12, it's time to get out there. And I've been out there ever since, since 2006, full time. Talk to me about what it means to be a, a faith-driven, not just a faith-driven person, clearly you're a faith-driven person, yes, but sir. what it means to be a faith-driven entrepreneur, a faith-driven business person, and how that guides you in terms of how you run your company and how you deal with your clients. Absolutely. So to me, uh, my dad is a preacher, and I was, I was raised by an old-school Pentecostal preacher. You know, he <laughs> taught me early growing up, faith without works is dead. You got to have a vision or the people will perish. Um, you can't just have faith. You have to put works with it. So just entrepreneur in general, you have to work, but you also have to have faith behind the work. Like they go hand in hand, have a vision, you know, um, don't get discouraged if things don't go the way you think they should go because nothing good happens overnight. Just got to stay at it, stay at the plow and keep at it. You eventually well, get to where you're trying to get we both know, again, I can tell from your story and your history, and I certainly know from my, my decades of experience of working with and writing about entrepreneurship, that there are, there are crises of faith when you're trying to start, launch and build a business. That I would say, I don't know how people make it through without, without God, because I don't know what I would do if we couldn't fall back on that and lean on Jesus and lean on God when I don't know how to, I don't have the answer. I don't know how I'm going to make payroll. I don't know how it's going to work. Talk to me about um, particularly over these last you know, few years, we, you know, we've been through a, a global pandemic. We're actually still in one, but we, we had the economic shutdown due to the pandemic. Um, we, we've seen you know, everything from you know, racial conflicts, injustice, you know, businesses shutting down, people unemployed. Yet, some people started successful businesses during that period, and other businesses found a way to, to get through that and to come out better on the other side. And I'm proud to say that Black Enterprise is one of them. But talk to me about how important it is to you to be able to bring that element of faith to your clients and others that you may have impact with um, when things don't look so good, when, when things are rough, when things are not going well. Okay, yes, I would gladly do that. So I, for instance, when I started my career, I literally walked off of my job. It was placed in my spirit, it's time. I walked off of my job at the time and said, you know, I don't know how I'm gonna pay my car note. I don't know how I'm gonna eat. I don't know anything. I just know what my spirit is telling me to do. And that's a scary place to be in, Alfred, when you don't yeah. know what's gonna happen the next day, <laughs> how you're gonna survive. So, I mean, I did it and I'm still here. And if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. I, I feel like if I can do it, I, I think anybody could do it. You gotta have faith and works behind it. Uh, especially during the pandemic, those just starting their businesses during the pandemic. It's, you know, it's a scary time. It's a scary time. But as long as you have a drive, don't give up, uh, be encouraged, regardless of the outcome of certain things, nothing good happens overnight. Rome wasn't built in a day. Just remember all those things. And I think everybody will be fine. You know, Elijah, um, and I've said this on the show before, both during and since the pandemic, um, that while it was very rough, and I always tell people, I wouldn't say, oh, it was a good thing, because obviously it was very difficult for, for people all over the world. On the other hand, God's grace showed through so, in so many ways in my life. Uh, and, and one of the things that, that came to me was, 
I came out of it understanding that my resources are not my source because God took away all the resources, you know, me thinking, oh, it's my job, it's my business, it's my speaking engagements and all that obviously disappeared for a few months. And like you said, but I was still here and I was still fed and I was still clothed. And, and it really blessed me with this idea that, yes, God provides us with resources and opportunities and capacity to create wealth, but those things aren't your source. So right. for many of us, the pandemic took all of those distractions away so we could be reminded, uh, at least for me, you know, right. you know, where does my help really come from? So that now that I'm certainly grateful that all that stuff has come back, but I'm way more focused now on that's not the source. These are nice things. These are good right. things, but focus on where it comes from. That's correct. Easy come, easy go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the only thing that's permanent is God, God's word, God's love. Like I said, everything else comes and goes. I really want to do a deeper dive into some of the things that you see entrepreneurs are facing, have faced over the course of business, not necessarily just related to the pandemic, but what entrepreneurs are doing and what you have learned um, in terms of how you can help them and what entrepreneurs should be thinking about even if you're not the source of finance they should be going after. It could be something else. Uh, I really want to really pick your brain on behalf of the Be Lifted Up audience. So what would you say is the top thing that an entrepreneur needs to be thinking about um, when it comes to seeking financing for their company? The top thing is to always have a plan. You need to have a business plan put together or be in the process of working on one. Elijah, you really gave me a great jumping off point for this part of the conversation. This idea of planning and having a business plan being critical to being able to raise financing, whatever the source. Uh, talk some more about why that's important, um, what you need to see, uh, what anybody who's, whether you're an investor, a lender, uh, you know, even if you're a family member that's looking to support a business financially. Why is that important and what do people need to be able to see or what do entrepreneurs need to be able to show to inspire confidence in a potential funder or investor? Okay, good. That's a great question. The one of the main things is I call it the five W's who, where, what, when, and why they want to know, you know, who are you? What are you trying to do? Where are you trying to do it? When and why? What's the purpose of what you're doing? So whether if you, if you're going to a bank or a family member or a hedge fund investor, or what have you, they want to see something on paper. This is even prior to COVID. It's even worse now since COVID because we're still in the pandemic. Um, you know, so they, the lenders and investors, even family members, if you're going to them for funding, they want to make sure you got some kind of plan put together to where you're confident in whatever it is you're trying to do. And secondarily, banks like to make sure that you have the option, you have the ability to repay the debt. Mm. Meaning um, right now they want to make sure you have a, it's called a secondary source of repayment. So yeah, you want to do this, you want to do that, but do you have income outside of what you're doing in case your project goes belly up? Are you able to still live or are you all in? Do you have outside income? They, they're looking for, uh, that's means of security for them to get their, uh, recoup their funds back on the loan that they make. So you also need to have what's called income projections. That's like an income forecast. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you could do two years, but preferably three, do three years income projections, um, explaining 
you know, I think after year one, I'll make, I'll make X amount of dollars. Year two, I'll make X amount. Year three, so forth and so on. And then you show your income, expenses with your uh, profit at the bottom. Um, you also need to have what's called assumptions. Assumptions or um, it's a document that actually creates the income projections. Mm-hmm. You get real detail in assumptions and it'll say like, okay, uh, for instance, let's say if I was a doctor, I'm putting together a business plan. I'll say, okay, I'll make a million dollars for the year. Well, this is how this works. You go and create assumptions. You may say, okay, I'll see 21 patients in a day. Mm. Get X amount of dollars per day times five days in a week when I'm open times 52 weeks in a year. Oh, that's how I got to a million. Makes sense. And you'll do that with the income and the expenses. Banks, hedge fund groups, uh, even life insurance companies are, are lenders as well. They love that because it shows that you did not just put some, you could be good with Excel, okay? But if you got assumptions, they know you just didn't throw something together out the sky. You know, Elijah, um, in addition to coaching and mentoring entrepreneurs, I'm often a judge for national business plan competitions, the business pitch competitions. We got to look at people's financials. And what, what you're talking about is something I tell people, it has to be reality-based projections. Like it can't be just these numbers all add up. So that's what I put into the spreadsheet. It's like you said, this is what I charge for this. This is how many customers pay for this every day. So that you're building your, you say your projections on real life stuff. And I I tell people, even if you haven't started the business yet, because people say, well, I don't know because I haven't started the business. I said, but there's prices for everything. You can find out how much it really costs to provide that good or service and build that into your model. Um, the other thing that I, I often look for, and, and this goes to your point of reminding people, especially who may be new to entrepreneurship, that nobody, everybody who gives you money is expecting something back. If it's a loan, they expect to be paid back with interest. If it's an investor, they expect you to make enough money to give them their money back. Plus, I, I'm reminded of, of the, the master and the talents, the parable of the talents. <laughs> you know, he gave them the talents and said, no, I... Don't just give me back what I gave you. Very I, I expect a profit. I'm giving it to you for a profit. That's and great. so I'm always asking entrepreneurs, show me the part where the money comes back out. That's exactly You're right. showing me where the money's going in because you want, you know, the banker's money or the insurance company's money or the lender's money. But show me where the money comes out because your ability to tell a reasonably believable story about where the money's going to come back out is a key to them saying, okay, I'll take a chance on you. I'll, I'll, I'll put that money in. How, how often do you have to have that conversation with the people that you're helping? All day, every day. And we call it, in our world, we call it an exit strategy. Yes. What's your exit strategy? Um, most don't have one. Mm. Um, you know, and that's like, you could write a good business plan, do projections, do assumptions. But in the end, you don't have an exit strategy showing them, okay, in five, six, seven years, I'll make X, Y, Z, and I'll be able to pay the loan back comfortably. They're looking for confidence. You don't have to be head on and actually do that. They're just looking for confidence. As long as you're making your payments, you'll be fine. Um, but they want to see that you have a plan to possibly pay them off with some kind of an exit strategy. Tell me, in terms of the services you provide to your clients, let, let, me, let me back up one bit as I ask this question. Often entrepreneurs are good at the business they're in, but they're not good at the operational and the numbers part of the bit like i'm good at making clothes or i'm good at baking cakes or i'm good at um repairing computers Mm -hmm. i'm good at that 
but I'm not good at understanding my daily profit margins and my expenses and how important it is for the entrepreneur, him or herself, to at least become comfortable with the numbers. And at the same time, how valuable is it to have someone like you that says, listen, let me help you get this kind of organized so you understand what you're doing as opposed to you're doing something every day, but you're not turning a profit. You don't know you're not turning a profit because you're not paying attention to that stuff. Right. It's, it's very important. You know, I have some clients that they hate numbers. It gives them a headache. Okay, But I mean, it's really a key driving force of the business. It's like the umbilical cord. It's the life force of the business, the blood. You need to know what you're doing. You need to know what's going in, what's going out, and what's being retained as profit. Um, it's important to know. And I tell all my clients that. I had one, Alfred, one of my clients didn't even check her bank account. Mm. And been in business, you know, about 10, 12 years, generated a couple million dollars every year, but didn't check her bank account. And like those kind of things like that, you never want to put 100% trust in your business in somebody else's hands. That's right. a no. That's a no-no. You need to know what's going in, what's going out, what's being left in the bank at all times. So really, when you're working with your clients in a healthy relationship with an entrepreneur and someone that, like you, it's meant to be a partnership. Like Correct. I said, I mean, it's not your business, so it can't be all your responsibility. It's their business. But at the same time, they need to be able to rely on your expertise. And I'm going to say your integrity, speaking as a person of faith that you are really there to help them. Um, you, are, you are really there to help them to achieve their goals. You talk to me about how that partnership works when you're talking about providing funding for a business. Sure, sure. What I have to do is just have a, a straight conversation with them and, and tell them the areas that they're lacking in. Mm -hmm. You know, that's key. Uh, one client, I, I looked at her financials and I found a $400,000 gap in her numbers. And come to find out, they did some investigation and employees were stealing from her. She didn't log in and check her accounts. Employees were stealing from her cash. And, and so now they got rid of the cash system to do everything with debit card and credit cards. And now she, she dived into her own numbers herself. It's, yeah, that'll do it. It's important. <laughs> that'll do it. Listen, this is a great segment. I want to keep this conversation going. You're listening then to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. With Elijah McCoy talking about funding your business, we'll be right back. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a Black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. 
with a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation. For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. Welcome back to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. And I'm talking about funding your business with Elijah McCoy of McCoy Brokerage Services. I'm going to start calling him the real McCoy because he's been dropping some science during the course of the show. Listen, Elijah, um, we talked about the importance of business planning, reality-based financial planning, um, really working in partnership with whoever's helping you with your funding sources, whether, you know, whether it's you or even when you're working with your bank, you should be working with a banker. Um, in fact, you just made me think of something else, else really important, I think, relates to this conversation. One of the things that a lot of small businesses and a lot of small Black-owned businesses found out the hard way during the first round of PPP um, resources or stimulus um, checks for the pandemic was that if you didn't have a relationship with a bank already in place, you lost out in that first yes. round of funding. And we, we all heard the stories of big, giant corporations getting PPP funding and the smaller businesses not getting it in that first round. And, and the big difference wasn't so much that they were small businesses or even black owned businesses is that major corporations and even some small businesses had banking relationships and so many small businesses did not. And as a result, you, you couldn't even get into the application process fast enough to get to that first round of money um, because you didn't have an automated established banking relationship. How important is it and, you know, and I'll expand the question beyond just banking, whether it's a lender, whether it's somebody like you who is a commercial financing expert, whether it's investors, to cultivate relationships before you need the money. So when something happens, you already have established relationships that help you gain access to funding. How important is that? It's, it's critical. You do not want to be what I call a needle in the haystack borrower. Mm. I don't want to be a needle in the haystack borrower, like the, the individuals that didn't have a relationship with the banks during PPP, during the PPP time, during the pandemic, they were, they were lost. Like their applications were just stuck in nowheresville. That's what I call it. So, but those that had relationships with banks call the loan officers would, they'll make a phone call, loan officers do all the paperwork. Okay. Sign here, sign there. Boom. Done. So during, during the pandemic, I didn't do a bunch, but during the pandemic, I helped process over about three and a half million in PPP uh, applications for my existing customers. Mm. My existing customers didn't charge them a dime, just wanted to let them know, hey, I'm here to help you. And they returned a the favor. You know, since then, they've sent me more business because they remembered that I was there. Didn't charge them anything, but I was there to help them th throughout the process. Yeah, I mean, that's the word. I mean, on the one hand, you say, well, three million is not that much, but it was sure it wasn't when it's needed. <laughs> Right, all the money in the world. It and, is, and the fact that you came through for them, you know, and, and I really wanted to drive home this lesson to those who are listening. Even if you're just thinking about starting a business, 
now's the time to cultivate relationships with people like Elijah McCoy. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that they're banking with somebody, they just never talk to anybody there. They, they don't, you know, it's like you've got money there, you've been banking there for 20 years, but no, like you said, you're a needle in a haystack. Nobody knows your name, you're an account number, and they're, they're gladly take your business, but they're not going to know who you are to be able to do anything for you. That's exactly um, right. our, our, our late founder of Black Enterprise, um, the late old Grave Senior, um, used to say that um, whoever has the best relationships in business wins in business, that business is personal. And again, I just thought that really came through um, during you know, those, those difficult first months of businesses trying to figure out what to do when the economy shut down. And again, if you had a relationship, you had a fighting chance. If you didn't have a relationship, uh, if you were a needle in the haystack, it was rough. It was rough. Absolutely. So talk to me about the things that you're seeing now. Um, we're seeing um, companies that survived the pandemic, you know, now trying to you know, reposition themselves. You got a whole wave of new businesses that started um, during the pandemic and some, in some ways benefited from the pandemic because it opened up new opportunities. Right. What are you seeing now in terms of the kinds of things your clients are facing in terms of getting funding, um, whether it's your clients that you're seeing in general that you think our audience should pay attention to? What I'm seeing now is that, and this I love, uh, people are not as scared as they once were. Uh, like scared to take a chance, I mean. And okay, still working on your job, but on the side, in your spare time or during the weekend, pursue something that you love. Uh, and people are now opening up even more businesses because they're they realize during the pandemic, um, Mr. Employer wasn't really there for me like that. I had to fan for my own. And so they're they're wake, they're getting a wake-up call, if you will, to get out there and um, tap into things that they always wanted to do, that they never actually put the foot forward to do. So I think people naturally, due, due to the pandemic, are getting more faith. And that's a good thing, because I'm getting people every day, Alfred. They want to open up a business. Uh, they want to open up a a law firm, they want to uh, open up a medical practice. Um, you know, then I'll ask the question, have you ever owned one before? Nope, but now I think it's time. I love to hear that. Because when they tell me that, they're working with the right guy. Uh, I've closed over 390 million in loans. Um, wow. Thanks to God himself. It's not me. I'm just anointed to do what I do. So, and if a new entrepreneur is coming to me, I'm the right person to help them out. Because I have a lot of connections with banks over 2,000 lending institutions nationwide. Man, that's a powerful message. And again, I, I want to even just say, say what you just said, say it again. Often, maybe most of the time, we find our faith in the difficult times. We find, you know, like you said, people have business ideas for decades and they were comfortable though. They're like, well, I'm, I'm, but I'm good. I'll do it next year. I'll do it later. And then, like you said, employers weren't there. Things that we thought we could count on. Um, just weren't there for, from, for, for some people for two years, certainly for at least six or seven months. And it forced us, and I'm speaking for myself as well, because I did some things that I could have been doing all along that I wasn't doing. That during the pandemic, I was like, oh, I need to do this. And it's like, oh, you know, I could have been doing this all along. Why wasn't I doing it before? Uh, but your message about faith being triggered, being inspired, being activated, I guess that's what I'm looking for, activated by difficult times. And, and I, I'm seeing the same trend that you are. More people starting businesses, 
Um, the Black Enterprise Entrepreneur Summit is returned as an in-person event in Philadelphia this year in May. Um, and the number of people I'm meeting who said, I have this idea and I sat on it, but now I'm just going for it. I'm going for it. And you're seeing a lot of great startups, um, particularly on Black women-owned businesses, which is still the fastest growing cohort of small business owners. Um, but yeah, man, you, you're, I, you're absolutely right about that. That said, how valuable is it that you can temper that enthusiasm for going for it with expertise? <laughs> because again, it's not as easy as it looks. Right. Um, there's going to be tough times, dark days, no matter how great the idea is, um, no matter how much people want the product or service, it's, it's easier said than done. How important is it to have some a real expert to help kind of guide that, that scenario? And like you said, to be there when, oh, I, I wish I hadn't quit my job or why did I start this business? Everybody has those days like, why did I start this business? I want to be mad at the boss, but the boss is me. Right, exactly. It's very important then to have a, a direct connection with some lending institution or a commercial mortgage broker like myself. It doesn't have to be me. It just it could be somebody that's just as experienced or even more experienced than I am. Because it's always somebody out there better. You know, that's how I think. But if they do come to me, I, I know the ropes. I, I know what it takes to get the job done. And I'll hold yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say for you, they're not better than you, they're just a better fit. There you go. No, tell me again, you know, your shoes aren't better than mine. Your shoes right. are better. So, that's so, right. I love that. Yeah, because we don't bring anybody but the best on Be Lifted Up Radio. Just letting y'all said, just telling y'all. We ain't, we ain't just pick Elijah off of a tree. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm really enjoying this conversation with you. I know you're blessing people, um, people who are existing business owners as well as aspiring entrepreneurs. And there are people who may not be entrepreneurs today, but five years from now, when it's time, they'll remember this conversation go back and listen to the video on YouTube or whatever. Uh, but I really want to kind of get your, your closing thoughts about what it means to finance a business, why this mission and ministry is important to you. Um, sometimes your work is not your ministry, but in this case, I feel like it is for you. Um, and you know, give some closing tips to our audience who really want to understand what they should be doing about funding a business. Sounds good? Sounds good. You've been having a really enriching conversation i'll say that with elijah mccoy of mccoy brokerage services um expert in commercial lending expert in helping um small businesses just businesses in general um achieve their goals and objectives in terms of launching and growing businesses you know elijah i really want to leave um the be lifted up audience with some actionable things they could be doing um you know and i want to break it up probably into a couple of different categories people who are thinking about starting a business that haven't started one yet, um, people who have started a business but are just starting to feel the need for financial help, and then maybe some tips for established businesses that want to take their company to, to the next level. Um, but let's start with the first group. What would be some things that you would recommend people do like right now? If they're just thinking about, they have a business idea, like you said, maybe they've had it as a side hustle for a while, maybe it's just been in their head, but they haven't had the courage or the faith to step out, but they're ready to do it. What's, what's some advice you, you would give them, whether it's based, based related to funding or in general, based on the successes you've seen uh, that you would give to that aspiring business owner who wants to get out there? Okay, I love this part. And this is actually free. Go get a pen and paper and write down what you think it is you want to do and why you want to do it 
How's it going to be beneficial? What can you bring to the community to help the community to help uh, create even additional employment for others through your business venture or whatever it is you're trying to do? So the first thing is, is write down some goals uh, for what you want to do and then put some goals with it. Put short term, long term and every day. Just work, I call it working at the plow. Just just work on it every day. Every day, just work at it and you'll, you'll get there. Well, I'm hearing you say, write the vision and make it plain. That's right. <laughs> again, so it's word, it's gospel, it's Bible, but it works. Uh, and, and, but the other thing that I hear you saying, and, I, and this is something I actually learned through experience. Now I'm going back to like 30 years ago. The first time I read uh, Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice by Dennis Kimbrough, uh, one of the things that got out of the book, among many things, was this idea of if you set a goal, you should do something every day toward that goal. Doesn't have to be big, doesn't have to be, it could be a little thing. But if you're doing something every day, it's a real goal. And I know for me, what I did, I had a list of goals for the year. I call them my esteemable goals. And I write down, let's say there's 10 things on the list at the beginning of the year. And at the beginning of the day, I look at it. And at the end of the day, I would ask myself, did you do anything toward any of these goals? And Elijah, when I figured out that by the second year, there was probably three or four things on that list that I would go months without doing anything. Right. And I said, okay, well, take it off the list. It might be a nice to do, but <laughs> you know, what you tend to do something every day tends to actually happen. Right. You know, um, faith is activated by action. God is doing it. Right. <laughs> but your willingness to act is what makes God say, okay, I'll do it. Cause I see you're serious because you're actually doing something toward it. So I just like, I like that whole thing about once you set the goals, once you got this idea on paper, do something every day. Every day. Without you people say they don't have time and I'm like, well, you got 24 hours. And exactly. let's say you work for 10. Nobody really works eight anymore, I guess. You work for 10, that leaves 14. You sleep for eight. That leaves, you got, you know, you got 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes an hour a day. Right. To work on your, your vision. Correct. Correct. People make time for what they want to make time for. Mm. People make time to go to a football game. We can take five minutes. And I love football. I love basketball. We can take five minutes out and, you know, write down some goals and, and uh, put your vision down on paper. In the end, that will help them and their own families around them. You know, you're, 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 you're thinking about finding time. Once I got serious about protecting my time, when, and I consider time the ultimate currency, the ultimate, because you don't know how much you got. And, and once you spend it, you can't get it back. It's, it's more important than money. It's more important than anything else. Um, there are TV shows that I've only seen a couple of episodes of because I'm like, I'm not willing to commit right. like an hour every week to this particular show. You know, I may have one show that I watch every episode but that's the only one. I can't do that for three or four shows because every show I commit to is another hour I'm giving up that I could be working toward one of my goals. Right. So tell me about what you would recommend. Let's say I'm an existing business owner. I have a business. It's reasonably profitable, or maybe I don't really even know. Like you said, a lot of entrepreneurs run the business and as long as the business doesn't collapse, they think it's doing well. Right. Um, <laughs> But it's, it's possible to run a business for a very long time that's not making any money. That's good. You know. But so what, what would you be your recommendation for someone who has an existing business? Um, 
but may not be really on top of the financing and the funding or maybe missing opportunities because they're not really looking at what, what they can fund. I would suggest that they sit down with a seasoned, and I keep saying that for a reason, mm -hmm. uh, do not want a new person on the block, new kid on the block. Nothing is wrong with that. But if you're a seasoned investor or a seasoned business owner, you want to sit down with a veteran as well that can guide you through the process. They can look at your financials and tell you right away what's missing. What's the missing link? Uh, where are the holes at? Mm -hmm. Where's the money going? They can look at that stuff and point it out to you uh, because typically a day-to-day -day operator, uh, owner-operator, they're not looking at those numbers like that. Most don't even check it. Uh, some do, but some right. look at it and as long as it's looking okay, it's fine, but they don't see all the little um, holes in it. You need a seasoned investor, look at your numbers. They can show you where you can improve in certain areas in. They'll be able to tell you, okay, you need to cut down your expenditures. You're hiring too many people, mm. hiring too many people. You don't need uh, a greeter at the door in a medical office. Let the um, receptionist also be a greeter or something. You know, you could find ways to cut down some of the expenditures. You remind me of, of a great piece of advice I got from one of my entrepreneurial mentors that I pass on. He said, most businesses don't collapse because of a blowout, like a tire that blew out in the car crashes. It's the slow leaks. That's you know, it's the, the tire pressure's off and the car's still rolling. <laughs> you think everything's fine or the oil is leaking or the, you know, it's the slow leaks that, that kill businesses over the long run, precisely because you said people are so busy running the business then I stop and you realize, you know what? My travel expenses went up. Why? Right. Well, because people started flying first class instead of coach and ain't saying to you, <laughs> you know, um, why is my margin shrinking even though I'm selling more product? Like you said, having taking the time and having, you know, a seasoned, you know, expert or a business owner or to, to say, listen, let's go through this and find out what's different. You know, it's, it's just really important, even though a lot of entrepreneurs don't don't feel like they have time or they don't want to stop to do that. It really is, Alfred. I want to, I want to tell you about something. Um, you ever went to a drive-thru and then at a drive-thru you've got, let's say one, maybe you got two or three napkins yeah. uh, in your bag and then you go to another rest, another drive-thru and they may give you like a handful of napkins. Those are slow leaks. That eventually mm -hmm. will drain the business. They're spending so much on supplies without getting a return on. You know, so that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Those that's, a, that's a great example because we think the food business is about selling food. So as long as they keep track of the food, it must be okay. But yeah, I see, you know, again, if you look at some of the places, they have young, young people who are they're doing their job, but they don't care how many napkins you get. <laughs> if you don't set a policy right. to grab a whole handful and throw it in the bag, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. a great example. That really is a great example. Right. Talk to me, Elijah, about, the established business owner. Maybe he has some systems in place, um, but he wants to grow. He or she wants to grow. She, he or she wants to enter new markets, but they can't do it based on their operating capital. They, they need some other funding to be able to take advantage of that and to make it pay off. What is the advice that you would give them right now if that was their position? What they, should they do today? Go sit down with a commercial mortgage broker. Mm. Sit down with a seasoned commercial mortgage broker uh, show them all your taxes, financials. Within minutes, we can pretty much tell you uh, what you need for your business and how we can get you the financing vehicle to grow your business. We can show you how to get the capital that you need to grow your business and take it to the next level. 
how much value do you bring as someone who can educate entrepreneurs about how to evaluate what's a good deal for them in terms of finance? It's like all money ain't smart money, you know? Right. And, 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 but, but, but talk to me a little bit in the time we have left about the value you bring in helping entrepreneurs to educate them a bit about, you know, this may not be best for you, even though it looks like a good number, this might be better for you, the terms might be better, the, the way it's structured might be better. Talk a little bit about that before you know, we close out. What we do, we shop the marketplace for the consumer versus them going around to every bank getting hits on their credit. We can shop it with a hundred banks if we choose with no hard inquiry on their credit initially. We can get term sheets and loan offers, loan proposals with no hard hit on their credit. And we'll tell the customer, okay, this is best for you. If we go down this road or this road, in the end, you'll be here, you'll save X, Y, Z. Um, so we're financially advising them on their, um, on their business to show them how to grow even the more so. Elijah, listen, man, I want to thank you on behalf of my co-host, DC Marshall, who couldn't be here when she hears this conversation. She's really going to be like, oh, I should have been there. She's a serious about especially women-owned businesses and Black women-owned businesses. And uh, she, she's really going to appreciate all that you blessed our audience with just as I do. This has been Be Lifted Up Your Guide to Living an Abundant Life. And once again, I want to thank our guest, Elijah McCoy of McCoy Brokerage Services for really taking us to school on funding your business. Um, it's great to see a man of faith pursuing this ministry, um, you know, supporting entrepreneurs who see their businesses in many cases as their ministry. Elijah, what's the best way for our audience to stay in touch with what you're doing um, website, follow you on social. What's the best way for people to follow up and to benefit from your expertise? The best way is to go to www.mccoybrokerageservice.com. That's the best way. Thank you, Elijah. Guys, I hope you wrote that down. <laughs> Get the playback if you need to. But we are really glad you were joining us on the show, Elijah. And listen, you can hear this show on demand. Follow us across social media platforms at Be Lifted Up. That's the letter B, Lifted Up Radio. Go to BeLiftedUpRadio.com to subscribe to the podcast to hear this episode and every other episode. And you can follow B, the letter B, Lifted Up Radio, across social media, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, to, again, to hear this episode again, and also to see every other episode of Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I'm your host, Alfred Edmund Jr., holding it down for my co-host, D.C. Marshall. Thank you so much for being our guest on Be Lifted Up, Your Guide to Living an Abundant Life. We'll see you next time. It's Be Lifted Up, Your Guide to Living an Abundant Life. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a Black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Ed is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Funky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. 
More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation. For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.